Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilting. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Taddick. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Quilt and Tell. We have a fun show lined up for you today, and after our, our usual niceties, we have an unusual guest. Deborah Malone Reeve is a listener who wrote into the show. We liked her email so much that we asked her to share her story. So stay tuned for that. In our final segment, we have some more mail. So stay tuned. How are you both? I'm good. How about you, Ginger? Oh, doing great. And how about you, Tracy? Been busy, honestly. Mm. Um, all I can say is I haven't gotten much sewing done, but I did some shopping. Oh, <laughs> Shopping's hey, good. My, my other addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually um, ordered a couple of things from Missouri Star I did. Oh. Nice. Which is kind yeah. of fun because they have a little fun email that you get when you order stuff. And um, I got a couple of little um, cubes for my shelves to store uh, fat quarters. So I'm hoping that that's a good storage solution. And um, I ordered some adorable fabric and a block magazine. Nice. Yeah. I I, uh, I realized that, that that could be considered like a competitor's magazine. And I, I try not to do that too often. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I also just love their stuff. So that's what I've done. Nice. That kind of alleviates the guilt for when you go into bookstores and, you know, shops and you cover up their magazines with your magazine. <laughs> so, you know, it, it all evens out. You know, it's good karma. <laughs> Shh, <don't> yes. <laughs> we don't do that. that. We don't do that. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> so what about you, Lori? What have you been up to? Wow. Well, first of all, I had this wonderful adventure Two of my sons are 45 and are both umpires for oh. uh, American Legion Baseball. Nice. And they got to umpire together at a tournament in Omaha. Wow. That's so too much cool. fun. It was, it was amazing. First of all, the level of the players was amazing. This was a tournament where they had to pay to enter the tournament and I heard the number 1600 <gasps> bounced wow. around so this wow. is not just Joe ordinary these yeah. are guys that are pretty serious about their baseball and they were really good uh, they were really nice. good and the guys my sons had a wonderful time working together it was the first time for them they've well Gabe's been umpiring for five years and Zach started before that mm-hmm so, you know, they've been doing this for a while, and this was their first chance. We also had two of the grandchildren during the, that same time, and that was an adventure. I love that pause there. <laughs> <laughs> that was very uh, diplomatic. <laughs> yes. The youngest is four, Aww. and he's not terribly verbal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you had oh. to kind of guess what it was he was wanting. And like every other four-year-old in the world, um, he has 
the attention span of a gnat. And, <laughs> um, you know, we'd sit down to watch the game and he'd watch for 20 seconds and then he'd want to take off. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. We came home and I literally sat on the couch for an entire day. Uh, yeah, I bet. But but it was great fun. It really was good fun. <laughs> Sewing, I've done um, a jacket and two blouses. Nice. And now nice. I'm working on an unfinished project that I know has been in the sack waiting for me to be inspired since at least 2008. Ooh, wow. So what wow. was the inspiration? Like what 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 made you uh, get it back out? The lady who writes the newsletter for the Quilt Guild wanted me to be the mystery quilter and one of her questions was what is the project that has been in the closet for the longest and why has it been in the closet? Nice. Well, the mm. reason it's been in the closet was it had machine embroidery and I have four blocks left to embroider, and I lost the CD. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, it's an alphabet sampler, and in the pattern, besides having the machine embroidery segment, there's also a hand embroidery segment, so I can copy that for those four blocks and, and embroider them. I will not hand embroider them. I will triple stitch on my sewing machine Smart. to embroider. Smart. That'll work. And uh, that was what inspired me was the question about, you know, what yeah. is the project and why has it been laying there neglected? Oh. Oh, it's just making me love your guild even more, though. The yes. fact that it, it's <laughs> just a like a constant guild. source of inspiration. Like, I just oh. feel like every time we talk to you, you're just doing so many cool projects. And it's all stemming from your lovely group I want there. a guild like that. I know. I wish it wasn't so far to, to commute, though. I know. Yeah, it'd be a long drive every <laughs> every month, wouldn't it? <laughs> but so worth it. So worth yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Aww. they're they're really just a wonderful group of ladies. The more time I spend with them, the more I love them. Mm. Yay! Love yes, it. and you Yay. just seem happier and happier every time you you just beam when you talk about all the fun stuff you're doing there. Oh, yeah, okay. so good. Aw, well, good. Well, I am uh, packing up and getting ready. I'm going to go up to Canada in in a week or so. Um, so I'm getting ready for that. We're going to be filming. A, um, it's going to be the fifth season of Style Revive. I'm doing that with uh, Meg Healy. And uh, I'm kind of excited. I have not been to Canada in a long, long time. And um, Meg's got a new house. And so the whole series, it's all about upcycling. And this one is home decor uh, uh, inspired. So nice. it's all stuff for her new house so I get to nice. go see her new house and she's got so many fun projects and this is a we're gonna be this is gonna be on our YouTube channel the so daily network um, fantastic yeah so I'm excited about that and I got to go in and I actually cleaned up my studio which I'm officially calling it my studio because <gasps> it was my husband's office and uh, I've been slowly like taking over and taking over <laughs> and he, got back, he went to Costco the other day and he got back and he was like um so they've got a table that's like a six foot by 30 inch. He's like, do you think you could use that for when you're doing your, you know, cutting and, you know, taping together your patterns and this and that? And I was like, yeah, but where am I going to put it? He was like, well, I think you can make room up in the, you know, in the extra bedroom. And I was like, but then I'll have to take more space. And he was like, 
I've given up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, it's yours now. It's like officially your studio. Oh, so uh, wow. he hasn't brought the table home yet, but he's at least opened the door where I can even maybe run out and get it. And if I show up with it, he's not going to be like, oh, <laughs> nice, nice. Yay for so, you. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that, but it was just so nice. Like I haven't organized. I vacuumed. Oh my God. So many threads. Like, oh, oh I feel like my vacuum's never going to speak to me again after, after that. <laughs> But no needles. I couldn't believe there was no pins or needles in there. I thought for sure there was going to be like a ton sucked up in the vacuum. And so I'm I'm happy on that front. Um, but yeah, so uh, now I've got a nice clean studio. And uh, who knows, maybe when I get back from Canada, I'll have a new table waiting for me. That would be <laughs> nice. That would be nice. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we have a very special guest in the next segment. Are you ready to go talk to her? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. It's time for Fine Finishes, brought to you by Handy Quilter. Handy Quilter long arm quilting machines and accessories. Your host is Ginger Sheehy Tata. Okay, I am so excited. Joining me is Nicholas Turkan. And Nicholas is a Handy Quilter educator. So, Nicholas, I am really intrigued to find out because you started your own business back in, what was it, like uh, 2012, I think, is when you got started? Yeah. Okay. And and so what one, what were you doing before then and what was the catalyst for you to start your own business? This was sort of a when I got into quilting, I needed a hobby. And when I I moved in with my partner, we had two little blankets on the couch that were not big enough to cover me and I decided to make a quilt. And I fell in love with the process and one became the next and the next. And within two years, I had decided to get a handy quilter long arm machine. And that was going to elevate my quilting to the next level. And once I got the long arm, I had to figure out a way to pay for it. So I decided I will start long arming for other people to help pay for this machine. And I also get the bonus of using it myself. So that was the start of my business and it just snowballed from there. Nice. And I know like the one thing I love about Handy Quilter is the size of them. So you have a fun little anecdote about that too, right? Yeah. So at the time we were living in a 610 square foot apartment. So I have a Handy Quilter Fusion. It's a 24 inch machine and the frame is normally set up at 12 feet, but you can set it up at four feet or eight feet. So I had it set up at eight feet. And it was in the living room, basically going from the end of the kitchen counter to the end of the couch. So when you really, truly want to do it, you will find a way to make it happen. Now, was it ever like a makeshift dinner table or? <laughs> I have used it. I've taken the bars off and used it as a like a buffet table at parties. And same thing. I just put a tablecloth down, covered the machine up, hid away all my fabric underneath. And we used it as that hutch. And so obviously you are a handy quilter fan. What is your ultimate goal? Because now you're an educator and that's fairly recent, correct? Yes. I actually, just this January, officially became a national educator with Handy Quilter. When I found out about the machines, I had seen they had an ambassador program. And before I really knew what it was, I made this decision that I'm going to be an ambassador. Once I found out what it was, it turned and sort of pivoted to, I'll become an educator first. And then when I become famous, then maybe I'll become an ambassador one day. So once I have enough of a following, and hopefully this podcast will help with that. Yeah, totally. I hope we do too. For those that are listening, what are the big differences between being an educator and then ultimately being an ambassador for a brand? Educators are consultants that work for Handy Quilter to essentially travel and teach 
how to use the machines. So Handy Quilter is really focused on education and supporting people that buy these machines. So they're not left in the lurch trying to figure out how to use this big machine. It's really about continuing education and feeling support on how to use it. The ambassador program is people that are sort of famous in their own right that are choosing to use Handy Quilter products and essentially endorse them. So once you reach a certain level, you can become an ambassador. But being an educator certainly is a gold star in my book. Oh, definitely. And that's amazing, though. I mean, I think being so incredibly brave to go ahead and start your own business. But then it sounds like to me, one, you got in with a really great company and you've got such great goals. I think knowing that that's going to be your ultimate goal is really amazing. Well, one of my favorite sayings is fortune favors the bold and really my best advice for somebody that wants to get into the industry and get into the business, just do it. I was 22 when I started quilting. I'm about to turn 33 and now I'm an educator. So if you want things to happen, just put yourself out there and go for it. Nice. All right. Well, before you go, I do want you to mention, though, because I think you have done one of the coolest things. You have a block of the month. It's a mystery series. Give us a quick little summary of that. And then if you have any other projects that are coming up. Yeah. So I created a mystery digital block of the month. So each month you got a digital PDF pattern. You got a chapter to a custom written murder mystery novel written by a local author. And in addition, you got links to video tutorials where I actually filmed myself sewing the block so you could sew with me in your home and all of it was done digitally. So I do have one hopefully that's going to be lining up to start in September and for that people can either choose to go to my website which is mysterystitch.com or follow me on Instagram at mysterystitchdesigns. Yay! All right. Well, thank you so much, Nicholas. And that's it for today's Fine Finishes brought to you by Handy Quilter. To find out more about Handy Quilter's fine line of products, visit their website, handyquilter.com. Until next time, good night and good luck with your quilting. All right, we've got, we've got a letter. So um, we got this, this letter uh, and uh, it, it was really kind of struck me. Um, it, it says this, greetings, ladies. This spring, my husband and I undertook massive, at least us old people, I'm 66, landscaping projects. The list included cutting in two flower beds, one 25 by 5, and the other the length of the fence, 50 by 2, to add a vegetable garden. Installing a 40-foot paver walkway and resodding part of the yard. We live in Texas, and we're trying to beat the summer heat. I started these projects in mid-April and pretty much finished by mid-May. Thank you for helping me get through these and keeping me outside for two to four hours at a time. I went back to the beginning of your podcast and started listening to them. If my podcast history on Pandora is correct, I missed about 20 of the 90 that were posted. My hubby would come outside after to work after I had been outside for a while and hear your voices and say, are those quilting ladies again? <laughs> He's a funny, funny man. <laughs> after I was at a good stopping point, my next project was a quilt of valor for a dear friend, Shorty. That is suffering the, the effects of Agent Orange from the Vietnam War. 
When I started making the quilt, I felt like I might be overstepping my friendship. When the quilt was finished, I reached out to Shorty's wife, Kathy, to make sure that they would accept the quilt. They were delighted, and the presentation was on June 1st, 2022. The pictures are included. I underestimated the effect this little gesture on my part would mean to that family. The recognition of this of his time served and the sacrifice he made in 1971 and has continued to make due to his deteriorated health over the years means the world to Shorty and his family. I share this with you to share with your listeners, if you like, that our veterans, especially the older ones in declining health, often feel forgotten. This small gesture of a quilt means the world to them. And I have three more quilts started to donate donate to the local Quilt of Valor group. Thank you for listening. And you may share this email if you like. Well, I decided that I really did want to share this letter. And more than that, I really wanted to have the person who wrote the email join us. So um, I'd like to introduce... Deborah Malone Reeve. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. I, like I said, I have listened to your podcast and you guys get me through walks that I don't want to take and yard work that I'm <laughs> tired of doing. So thank you. Hey, anytime. <laughs> well, perhaps you could hear the emotion in my voice um, as I read that letter. Um I guess it was what really struck me is, you know, I was, I was a very small child <laughs> when Vietnam was happening. Um, and it, it, I guess I, I, it struck me how still to this day, how the, the after effects of how complicated that war was might still be affecting how the vets might be treated or might be feeling are still happening. Very much so. Many of the vets, after talking to Shorty, he said, you know, when we came home, there weren't any flags. People spat at us. They called us names. They called us baby killers. And while we did what we thought we needed to do, for our country, we were not appreciated. So we all kind of just faded in the background and did our thing. And now, you know, I'm, I'm suffering from it because Agent Orange is one of those diseases or one of those things mm -hmm. that kind of lays in the body. And as the body gets older, it just kind of attacks. And, you know, inside of four years, he has deteriorated tremendously. Um, he was my real estate agent that sold my house if you when we left mm -hmm. Tennessee um, four years ago. So he, it, it has, it, it very much has lingering effects. And many of our veterans feel like, you know, I did what I was supposed to do and, you know, I feel forgotten. So had been, 
introduced to Quilts of Valor a couple different times. It was just kind of like all of a sudden it was showing up every place. Um, I took a class online for New Year's Eve and one of the ladies said, I'm going to donate my quilt to Quilts of Valor. I looked at the Fonz and Porter magazines for December and, you know, the, the, all of them. And there's quilt of valor patterns in there. I mm-hmm. went to the Branson quilt show and there's a quilt of valor booth. And there were two presentations. And I said, I went, I need to do this for shorty. I need to do this. But I hesitated thinking, am I overstepping my bounds in doing this? Am I overstepping my friendship and pushing it to the limit? And I decided to heck with it. I'm going to do it. And if they don't want to accept the award, it's an award, not a gift. If they don't want to accept the award, they don't have to. And I will just donate it and somebody else will use it. This is, ladies, this was the most emotionally charged quilt I have ever made. The entire time I was making the quilt, I would find myself with tears streaming down my face. And I still get emotional about the whole process. Um, technically, it was probably the most perfect quilt I have ever made. So, you know, um, and I enjoyed every minute of it. When I called to talk to Kathy and Shorty, and they've been friends for over 20 years, and asked Kathy if she had ever heard of Quilts of Valor. And she said, yeah, but I don't exactly know what they were. So I gave the spiel that I knew from the website and from the lady I talked to in Branson. And she said, oh, yes, we would. Yes. And she got Shorty on the phone and I explained the whole thing to Shorty. And he said, yes, he would, he would accept it. And, you know, it was just, you know, how, how do they do that? And I said, well, they, I will put you in touch with the local Quilt of Valor Foundation people there in the Memphis area and they'll make arrangements with you. And, you know, most likely they can come to the house to present the quilt and which is what they did. Um, the lady from the organization came, she brought a Vietnam vet with her this particular vet was actually in the same division that Shorty was in. They were not stationed at the same, in the same place in Vietnam, but they were in the same division. So he had a chance to sit and reminisce a little bit about the war with somebody who understood the war. And they recorded it. Um, I, they, we did a FaceTime so I could be there as well, which was really, that was really it was very exciting to me to be able to actually participate, even if it was over Facebook or FaceTime, excuse me. Um, there isn't a day goes by that when I talk to Kathy, she doesn't thank me for what it meant to Shorty. She, her, she said he's finally getting the recognition that he deserves. It was put in the local newspaper. There's a little local city newspaper and it was put in there. His family was around him when they presented the award. There were lots of tears. Um, she, Kathy told me the other day, she said he has, it has to be on the bed in a certain way every single morning when he gets up. <laughs> and she said, if you put it on there wrong, he changes it to make sure it's exactly how he wants it. Um, she said it was just amazing to her 
how that boosted his, his, his mood, his feelings, because he'd been feeling pretty down. And she said, so it was, it has been the highlight of his year, the bright spot of his year. So I encourage anybody out there who is a quilter and you may not feel like you're the best quilter in the world. We are way too hard on ourselves. We're the only people that see those mistakes. Nobody else does. Um, I encourage you to take the time to reach out to your local organization to find out what they need or just to make a quilt of valor and donate it to the organization. Um, or if you know of somebody that is has been in not only the Vietnam War, but we've got all sorts of wars since Vietnam, you know, and many of those veterans have been very much touched by this war and the many wars that we've been in that would appreciate the recognition and just knowing that somebody cares and there's nothing like a quilt that they can wrap up in that makes somebody feel loved and appreciated. So. Oh, that is amazing. So Deborah, I'm curious, what was it when you reached out to Shorty, you know, I, I would love to know kind of like, what was his reaction? Like, did he, I, I, I can just imagine, you know, and you probably didn't get to see his face, but could you just hear the difference in his voice when, when you had mentioned and explained what it was? Yes, I could. I could. He was a bit, you know, now what, what is this, you know, mm -hmm. and explained it to him. And he was, his, his question was, well, when would it be presented? And that's when I said, they can come to your house and present it at any point. And, um, he said, yes, I, I would really appreciate that. And I, he's, he's a very reserved person. He wasn't going to be all blubbery and stuff, but um, right. yeah, yeah. Very, oh. I could see the, I could see the smile on his face and his words. Yeah. Well, and it's amazing because I know he's having the physical effects, but I'm sure there were so many mental effects, you know, coming back. My mm -hmm. husband's um, a, a father actually uh, fought in Vietnam and his mother actually, he's passed since, but his, uh, my husband's grandmother has actually told me numerous times that he was never the same person after he came back. And it's that's, a shame because so many of yeah. the wonderful people who served, you know, that that's their case. And the same goes for our vets that have gone to um, the Middle East and Afghanistan. They're not the same when they come back at all. Um, even if they weren't hurt, there's just something about being in war that's, that's yeah. very, very different, you know, that it changes a person's soul. Yeah. yeah. And I would almost worry if it didn't change them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Deborah, um, since you're a guest on our show, one of the first questions I always ask um, our guests is, how did you start quilting? My mom sewed forever. We had this big laundry room that um, had this big cabinet in, and my memories from childhood are cleaning out all the toys out of the cabinet while mom was sitting there sewing and playing. So um, sewing has always been a part of my life. And got my first sewing machine when I was 10. It was one of the play sewing machines, but it actually had a bobbin and actually worked. <laughs> um, you know, so started making aprons. Um, and then by the time I was 16, my parents got me a sewing machine for, my, for Christmas because they were tired of me using moms all the time. <laughs> um, and then when I uh, was pregnant with my son, 
I decided to make him a quilt. It was out of three inch squares of every piece of fabric that I'd ever used when I was making clothes. So it was a wide variety of things. <laughs> um, my mom and grandmother had always quilted as well. So it started in 1976. And then kind of, I mean, I quilted off and on and got really into it in probably 1987 or so. Um, I took a quilting class at my local quilt store. It was, um, it was based on a book from Mary Ellen Hopkins that was, it's okay if you sit on my quilt. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the, that book. <laughs> the local quilt, I still use that book all the time. Um, the quilt store was doing a presentation on it. And the quilt I made from that, that lesson or that, that, that teaching, my mom helped me um, hand quilt it. And that was the only quilt my mother ever was able to help me make. So it's a, while it's in tatters in the closet, it'll never be thrown away. Um, so I started quilting with a vengeance, probably, you know, I still made a few quilts, but by the time probably 1998, 2000 hit, I started quilting with a vengeance and have quilted ever since, you know, tremendous quilt, you know, lots of quilts. There's anybody that had a baby, well, they got a quilt. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, so who, who reaps the benefits of all these quilts or do you just have a closet full of them? <laughs> all my, all my neighbors in, in, nice. lived in Tennessee, every single child in that neighborhood got a quilt from me. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm finishing up, um, a double wedding ring for our former neighbors because they were so generous and so kind to us for the 17 years we lived next door to them mm -hmm. that it's I'm getting ready to do the quilting piece on it right now to send off to them. All right, Lori, it sounds like you might have a rival for, uh, you know, the, the amount of quilts that are made. <laughs> that was, was going to be my question. Do you have any idea how many quilts you've made? I was looking through all the pictures I have, and there's at least a hundred pictures of quilts that I've made. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to go through to catalog them all and, you know, put that yes. you know, ADHD stuff in order, you know, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, no, Lori has got, uh, you know, and I know we've talked about it before, but she's got her lovely spreadsheet of uh, of quilts <laughs> that it, it's, it, I'm just in awe of that, let alone mm -hmm. the quilts themselves. <laughs> well, that's kind of where I got the idea that it was time to document this and nice. figure out what I had done. So that was, yeah, yeah. So learning lessons from you guys. <laughs> All right, awesome. nice. So do you also follow Lori's lead? Do you put, uh, do you uh, piece your backs at all or? It depends if I run out of fabric. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, I have a postage stamp quilt that's that I'm in the process of finishing up right now that the back will also be pieced as well. The the pieces, this is a multi-generational quilt that my sister-in-law handed me this big box last year when we went to visit them the family in Boise, Idaho, she handed me this box of stuff and said, this is from grandma and aunt Fran. And there's some stuff in there from mom. I, I don't know exactly when it was started, but will you finish this? And when I got it home and looked at it, 
this is going to be a huge quilt because they'd gotten some of the squares done. It'll it'll be bigger than a king size quilt by the time it's finished. The way they wow. had the way they had started it, and those one and a half inch squares are really those are really trying to work with. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, good. So uh, after you do that, do you have any other plans, or do you just kind of take <laughs> it take it to you know quilt by quilt? Well, there's probably about a dozen things on my on my a list that I don't have finished. Um, I took a, a a class last year. The reason we went to Boise, my sister and I went and took a class on how to make the Judy Niemeyer coral reef quilt. Mm, so nice. it is finished. It just needs to be quilted. So, yeah. So that's nice. that's next on the list. Yeah, and then there's a local shop here in Texas that is very well known for their Texas fabrics and stuff, and they have a Texas block in the month that I have ha is halfway finished. That you know, so yeah, there's a ton of things on the list. So what <laughs> what what constitutes a Texas block? Is it just big? <laughs> <laughs> this is um, it's she this she's been in some of your quilt magazines in the past it's deb latrell has a shop down in quitman stitch in heaven okay. and she has a whole line of texas fabrics that is the you know the bluebells the all, all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. or blue bonnets and she's designed this quilt that talks as it shows different segments of the state there's a longhorn in there. There's cowboy boots. There's sunrises, sunsets. There's, yeah, she's she's a very imaginative quilter. Ooh, that sounds like the perfect quilt for my family down in Texas. I'm yeah. going to have to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. Fantastic. Deborah, thank you so, so much for sharing your story with us, for writing in, and for... Uh, just saying yes to my crazy email <laughs> asking <laughs> to be a guest on the show. <laughs> I I wrote to you and I wasn't quite sure what you'd say. <laughs> oh, I'm I was absolutely honored. I mean, I was so overwhelmed when I read that email on Friday night. I couldn't sleep all night long. I oh, was like, oh, my husband goes, will you stop tossing and turning? What is going on? I said, they asked me to be on their podcast. Can you believe it? They asked me to be on there. <laughs> and we don't bite. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, I just, I just decided that it was, you know, it was kind of perfect timing. And I just... Mm -hmm. I thought the story was important enough to share because I just thought there's probably a lot of shorties out there, there who are. could there use are. could use the recognition and the love and um, the support um, that quilters can can give right now. Yeah. So, and I just on our part, many times it just seems like a small gesture. These are mm -hmm. lap size quilts. And for even if you're not a terribly experienced quilter, a simple quilt is means the world to them. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And, and I, I do want to say you're, you're not involved with um, Quilts of Valor. You don't, yes, you have, true. no one has to, none of us are. Um, and you don't have to be, but um, I will put a link to uh, the Quilt of Valor website so that you can get involved. Um, 
you uh, it just have to make a quilt that is um, to the quilt of Valor parameters, the size. They have very specific sizes. And then contact them to let them know um, that you would like to donate um, and you don't have to know um, who the quilt goes to, or you can have a specific person in, in mind, but they will um, um, do a, pre- a presentation for that person. So very true. And you guys have been putting patterns in mm-hmm. the love of quilting for the last, I know at least the last four or five issues. So if anybody's um, stumped. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love of Quilting has one in every single issue. Um, Quick and Easy Quilts has one in every single issue because that's actually a Fonzin Porter title. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just for all of our titles, so for Quiltmaker and um, for McCall's, for the past uh, two years, we've actually been putting Quilt of Valor um, quilts in every single issue. So um, yeah. just so... Oh. Yes. And we'll be sure to have pictures of the quilts and um, all of that uh, that Deborah had done. We'll have that yes, in our show notes. So don't forget. Yes. Go check you. it out. Please yes. go check it out. They're, <laughs> they're very emotional. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So thanks again for joining us today and for saying yes. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. It was it was wonderful. It was It's something off my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, guess what? 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 We have mail. Awesome. I (sighs) love love it when we get mail. I know. It is. It's the best. (laughs) Well, and this one comes from Germany. Even better. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) I love it. All right. Hello, ladies. I started listening to your lovely podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I'm binge listening to all of the episodes on my commute to work or while sewing. I very much enjoy listening to you three and also to the great interviews and talks. It's quite fun to listen to the old episodes, a bit like time traveling, because it took me back to the start of the pandemic, the mask making, the lockdowns, and everything, not necessarily happy memories, but still part of our life and history. I ordered the badge from the proptologist for my machine quite late, but still. And I enjoyed lots of interesting hours listening to the podcast. I started following Tracy and Ginger on Instagram yay, and tried to find the old posts you were talking about. Lots of fun. I started quilting in 2014 a while slash after reading Tracy Chevalier, The Last Runaway. The protagonist is a quilter who mainly does English paper piecing but also talks about traditional quilt box. And I think Baltimore, Baltimore album quilts. I started Googling the blocks and I also Googled English paper piecing. And I thought, well, wrapping paper templates in fabric and stitching them together doesn't sound too hard. And I just started. I made a quilt for my sister, maybe 50 by 80 inches, all paper pieced, which is completely hilarious now, but it worked. I hand quilted it and then I bought a cheap sewing machine machine for the binding. It is still very much loved and in use at her home. I'll add two photos and I'll put them in the show notes. I now have a Juki and I pieced a La Pascal. 
I can't even pr- pronounce this, people, so forgive me. A la Pascalia quilt top with EPP. But that's how it all started. Uh, my big luck was, I think, that I didn't even think about searching on German sites. This was nothing we do in here in Germany. So I thought um, I found American and British and Australian blogs to learn from. And I just tried a lot of stuff without knowing that it was supposed to be hard. EPP, free motion quilting, needle turn applique. I just did it and I tried it and enjoyed the process. And I learned a lot. And now that I, I met real life German quilters, yes, there are indeed some, I notice a very high amount of perfectionism and fear to spoil something in them. Uh, Sometimes that starts intimidating me, but then I always tell myself it's a blanket, not brain surgery. There's really nothing I can truly severely mess up as long as it's warm, pretty, and made with love. And you three and your guests confirm me in this approach. I'm very happy to have found the podcast. It's really is like having sewing friends in my sewing room with me chattering away. I like your voices and laughter and your friendship. And I can't wait to listen to more episodes. Thank you and happy quilting. Jana Van Leeuwen. And I hope I got your last name correct. Um, (laughs) um, So thank you so, so much for writing in. And um, she did indeed message Ginger and I on the, on the Instagram. Um, And it was so funny when I got her message, I was like in a meeting or something. And I just was like, Oh, what's that? And I went in and I about like burst into tears when I got her message. Cause it was so sweet and so lovely. So Jana, thank you so much. Like you just, I hope you realize how much that really does touch us. And the fact like, it really like resonates with me that <laughs> they get us. Like, I feel like people get us like, and, and I don't know that the three of us, like, you know, it's amazing that, you know, quilting is the thing that brought us together, but I feel like our friendship has grown so beyond that. Like you guys are just a part of my existence and I love it. And I will drop in the photo that she shared. Um, You all will not believe the quilt that she actually did English paper piecing with um, because it's just a regular, Uh, it's just a regular piece. That quilt that should not have been English. <laughs> <laughs> funny. When she talked about what what methods she's tried, she's trying things that we wouldn't generally even think about recommending for a beginner. Yes, Yay, for her. Yay yeah. for her. I mean, her. even like mid advanced, like I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'd be ready for that either. Or, you know, it's like, those are not, uh, you know, but way to take the challenge. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but, but see, it's, it's exactly the approach I take with kids all the time. It's like, go ahead and try it. If, if yeah. you're interested in it, do it because yeah. you don't know what, what you're going to be good at. And mm-hmm. why should you be intimidated? Just try it. And if you like it, do it. If you don't, move on right right it's it's just fabric and thread and do it see I feel like I'm really good at giving that advice but not so good at taking it like I need (laughs) I need you guys to like remind me like oh yeah Ginger just do it just do it and then I can be like oh yeah okay yeah but (laughs) see you are good at it I mean think of all look at all the things that you've made you may have struggled through doing it but just turn around and look at the quilt that's on your bed Ginger oh yeah 
Yeah. I love it. I do love it. And like the it, it's amazing like that sense of pride that you get knowing like wow, all those hours like are wrapped up in that blanket. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so many good exactly. like good hours of right. listening right. to other podcasts or, you know, hearing whatever's going on in in, you know, while you're doing it. Like there just, was a whole lot of struggle that went into that too, but I oh, mean, yeah. look at how beautiful it is. Yeah. Right? Yes, and then I have you guys to tell me how beautiful it is, so that's all I need. Oh. All right, well, I love you, ladies. Yes, ditto. Thanks for helping me. Absolutely. This Always. <laughs> all right. All bye right. Bye. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.